Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. Come close to God and he will come close to you. That is James chapter 4, verse 9a. Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Flack. Um, We are all off in, I should say not off in, but on different uh, places in our adoptive and foster parenting journeys. Some of us have uh, older kids like me. I have an 18 and 20 year old. Those are my youngest two still at home. Um, And then we have those of you who have littles, you're fostering, you've got kids coming in and out. Um, Maybe you are a grandparent or a relative raising a child. I have done that myself. Um, You know, throw in trauma and neurodivergence and prenatal exposure and all of the things. And our journeys are quite um, adventurous and interesting and different and challenging. And we need each other, right? This podcast is for you. This is a place where you can come and be encouraged and be equipped and to learn and grow and find out about resources for your journey because I'm an adoptive mom uh, of five kiddos through adoption. Our youngest two are diagnosed with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. So then they're done that, right? So I'm here on this journey with you, and I'm so excited to be able to offer you this podcast and our other resources um, for your parenting journey. And I have an exciting guest for you today. Um, But before we get to her, I'd love for you to check out this resource. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. I know I value the time that we spend together in that support group, the Hope for the FASD Journey Virtual Support Community. We meet three Tuesday nights per month via Zoom, uh, and we have a private Facebook group where we connect and encourage each other and pray for each other and support one another. Um, And I know it's a vital resource in my own parenting journey, so I hope that you'll check those resources out in addition to the training that I offer, I'm a uh, facets. Um, I'm a facilitator of the facets neurobehavioral model. So if you're parenting a, a neurodivergent child, a child who was prenatally exposed to drugs or alcohol, um, or even trauma, a brain-based approach um, 
paired with that connected parenting approach, um, extremely important, um, I would say vital for this parenting journey. So I offer workshops on FASD, uh, as well as now I'm offering some parent coaching. So you can check out all of those resources, including the support community on our website at justicefororphansny.org. And also, uh, if you're new to this podcast or if you're watching it by video, subscribe, follow, do all of those things so that you don't miss a single episode, um, but also so other adoptive foster and kinship caregivers can find this podcast um, and, and that it would be a resource and an encouragement to them as well. So now to our guest. Susan Tibas um, has been a mom through the miracle of adoption for 25 years. Today, her three kids are young adults uh, and they're just out of their teen years. Susan is the author of the book that I have just finished reading and I'm so excited to share with you. It's called We've Been There, True Stories, Surprising Insights, and Aha Moments for Adopted teens. Uh, it's an Amazon bestseller in the teen um, young adult nonfiction uh, on adoption category. Susan is married to Mike and they call Grand Rapids, Michigan their home. And she enjoys the variety of seasons in Michigan, probably much like I do here in upstate New York, where right now the leaves are beautiful, orange, red, gold array of colors. Um, and She also enjoys the sugar sandy beaches of Lake Michigan. I have not been there, but now I'm tempted. So I am so excited to introduce you to Susan Tabas. Hey, Susan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me today. How are you? I am. I'm thrilled. I'm great. How are things up there in Michigan? They're great. We're getting a, what we, well, it's kind of an autumn summer you know, one of those summers where it's October and we shouldn't be so um, excited, like it's still summer and I guess winter is right around the corner. So we're all just enjoying it. Like we're outside, like yeah. we got to just yeah. soak it it's, in. <laughs> I'm, in up, I'm in upstate New York and it's hot. And yeah. um, last night, my daughter and son-in-law and baby flew in from Wyoming and they had packed like cold weather clothes thinking that it was going to be cold in the fall in upstate New York. And they're like, it's 85 degrees out. What is, what is going I on? Know, so I know. very interesting, very it's interesting. Coming. So uh, yeah, it will it, inevitably it will. So <laughs> I am thrilled to have you on. I've read your book and I can't wait to talk about it and let our listeners know about it. Um, and then we briefly met for a snippet recently at CAFO, but yeah. next year we're going to have to spend some more time together because we weren't really yeah. able to talk for very so long. Much so much to do there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we can have this conversation and share it with our listeners. So I'm so excited. Um, But I want to start at the beginning before we get to your book, because you are an adoptive mom as well. Um, So share with us your adoption story. What, you know, what led you and your husband, Mike, to pursue adoption? Well, there is just one miracle after another with that whole story, because You know, I started out with that. I don't know if anybody who's listening has ever done that prayer that says, Lord, isn't there something more? Because, you know, what I was doing was in business and and there was just, you know, every day, but it wasn't a day that felt like I was, or we, I should say, my husband and I were making um, 
I want to, I don't know if it's an impact or, or living for Christ. And we were growing in our faith and, and it was just like, okay, what's that going to look like? And then we were watching some movie on the couch. We were in our early thirties and there was this newspaper article about Russian adoption. And so this is way back in like 25 years ago. Right. And um, that was a big deal. There were so many international adoptions happening. I had never heard of international adoption. So this is how unique this was. And so then I saw that, I read that, and I said to my husband, oh my gosh, I'm just drawn in. I'm just pulled to this. I think we should look into this. And he went, no, <laughs> you know, no, 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 like most men. <laughs> You know, yeah. And, but, you know, just again, through just this miracle of God orchestrated things, he ended up going on a mission trip. He started realizing that, hey, this life is not my own. And he came back one day and said, I'm in. And that right about that very time, we found out later in hindsight that our son was born that very month. He was born in Siberia, Russia. And um, although we didn't know that at the time, we mm -hmm. weren't able to get there until December. Um, but here we went chasing after this, this little guy, he was seven and a half months old when we adopted him. And I mean, that's just like amazing. And then, boom, you know, it just kept spinning forward. And we adopted two more. Um, we went to Russia five times in five years. Wow. So, yeah. Gosh, five times in five years. And it's a new, so how many you adopted three all from three Russia? Did, yeah, three. And so, wow. which was kind of surprising because I had no idea where this would all lead us, you know, and how God was writing this story about us and, and our kids. And, you know, fast forward, uh, we just made it through the teen years and our kids are young adults now. And, wow. um, yeah. So I can't believe it. I look back and think, what? And that was God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's, yeah, that's what he does. Because I know for us, we had some, you know, we had biological kids and we welcomed in a relative little girl that wasn't that none of that was on our radar. We never had a plan to adopt or to foster or do any of those things, but God, right. Because then he put on our hearts to adopt also internationally. And we went to Ukraine and, um, but it was, it was that, you know, wanting to be obedient to whatever God called us to do, having no idea what it was going to lead to. Cause we, we, in the end adopted a sibling set of four from wow. Ukraine, right? So okay. three came home together. Then we found out about the fourth one. And then a few years later, we're able to go back to and get him, but, um, never, never had planned any of that. It was all God. And then eventually established our nonprofit again, something we would have never obviously it was so interconnected to the fact that we had adopted it, you know, our nonprofit would not JFO wouldn't exist if it wasn't for um, us having adopted our kids. And then, um, you know, then embarking on this whole journey of FASD and, and all of that training and everything that I do. So it was right. like nothing that I currently do today in life would have ever happened if it wasn't for God calling yeah. us to adopt. And he had the big picture, right? Yeah. You know, like right. you've written this amazing book that would have never happened if you hadn't been no. an adoptive parent. So it's so amazing when we say yes to God um, 
and the journey he takes us on, he equips us for it, right? Because I think if we'd yeah. have known, you know, one of those cases where if we'd have known the beginning, at the beginning, what it would lead to, we wouldn't have signed up probably because we would have thought we could never, I could never do that. And, but I think um, but he, yet- he, sees, he sees something in us that we can't see. And when we make ourselves yeah. available and we're like, hey, we're in, we're into your will. Yeah. And he sees something that we just don't have you know, the, the eyes to see or whatever. I don't know. So yeah, yeah it's life changing. Yeah. It is life changing. Yeah. yeah. And it's exciting. It's hard. Like I know, you know, it, this oh, is yeah. not an easy journey. It's not an easy parenting journey, but I wouldn't trade it for right. anything because I know I'm walking in exactly what God has for me. Um, and it's definitely a journey of faith. So, um, yeah. but it all starts with that, with that. Yes. So now, so how old are your kiddos? You're, they're all young adults, but how old are they now? And how's everybody doing? <laughs> they are 21, 23 and 25. So, uh-huh. well, you know, and while I was writing the book, they were obviously, this was three years ago when I began researching and, and, and talking to adoptees for the book. So they were just fresh out of the teen years and we were living it, feeling it, freaking out about it. <laughs> You know, it was, it was, you know, I mean, to be honest, you know, the teen years, when you have teens, it's hard enough. And then if you have teens who do struggle, it, it adds that extra layer and, um, you know, adopted teens or foster, you know, kids with foster care in their story. So, um, yeah, honestly, it was a really tough go for some of my kids. And, um, I, that's what, what led to the, the book to they, they tend to inform me on what I need to learn, right? <laughs> they tend yeah. to let me know in not so straightforward ways. So. Yeah, yeah. Because they've all, all of our, whether kids come in through adoption or through foster care or whether they, we adopted them as babies even or as newborns or some, some adopted parents are in the delivery room cutting the cord, right? It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. there's been a loss. There's been mm-hmm. a trauma. Um and there may have been prenatal trauma with drugs and alcohol. There may not have been, but there is that initial loss. And it, that's something that is going going to be a, a, a big part of the story moving forward. And when they're teens and young adults, I find it really begins to surface. Um, I'm sure that, um, well, I know because I read your book that that totally. is very yeah. common. Yeah, yeah. Common theme. So that is so exciting. And I think some of our kids are the same age as I, I, I have so many, cause I have eight kids all together <laughs> and I can't keep track of everybody, but it's like, I know I've got kids in, in that, that age range, same as yours. So, um, you know, and they're, and everybody's well, pretty, doing pretty well now. They're doing, you know, they, they have interesting careers. You know, I, my husband and I came out of the, you know, college scene. Everybody was pushed, you know, to go to college, which is good for us. Our kids tried it. And um, you know what? It For some, it worked. Um, for our one of our sons, he is a bicycle mechanic. And wow. he, my husband is a, is a, a road biker, mountain biker, gravel biker, you know, on a pedal bike, not a motorcycle. And right. so our sons are, all of us did that. And one of our sons, um, used, he raced and he became very um, good at mechanical uh, stuff with the bikes and just really grew up with it. And then he got into a shop where they took him under his wing. And so that's a really cool um story because we when we did his birth family search and found you know other siblings and mom and dad were married and 
hands-on stuff was right up there, gene pool alley. And I just loved that because there we didn't push for something that fit our fit for us. We, he went towards something that fit for him and he loves it. So that he's, he's, yeah, it's, he's great. He's my one who had a really rough go in, um, teen years, high school, middle school, all that good stuff. Um, and then our daughter is, she's kind of been, she, she went to college and now she, she was a COVID grad 2020 and mm-hmm. that didn't go over well when you go off to college. So she's kind of working through all that still and doing some classes, working, things like that. And so she's great. And then our son, um, Matthew is, he's right now at this moment, it's hot. He's trying to, uh, he's been interviewing for an IT position at a company. So several companies. So we're excited for him. So they're all kind of making their way um, different from us, but every way, you know, is good as long as it's part of who they are. So yeah. 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 I've got one who's very mechanical too. And I I always like to say my son flips golf carts, but it's not to flip to like flip them over, but like, like fixer upper, he flips like you would flip a house. He likes to buy, you know, kind of like junky golf carts and he rehabs them and then turns around and sells them. So so it's it's something that he's really good at. Yeah. He's got some pretty neat looking golf carts. Of course, with the FASD, while he has that mechanical ability, he like math and money are like not things. He needs a lot of guidance with that because he sure. wants to sell. He wants to sell these rehabbed golf carts for more than you could get a brand new one. So we're trying to okay. teach him people aren't going to pay that. So it's always yeah. a work in progress. But but definitely, um, you know, a lot of our our you know some of our kids did college and some of them didn't. It just depended on what their strengths were and where they were headed and. And that's okay. So, yeah. but l- let's get to your book here. We've been there. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Um, so it's the full title is we've been there. Let's see. True, True stories. stories. I have a typo in my notes. True stories, surprising insights and aha moments for adopted teens. So the book is really a, a book for adoptees to read, but as an adoptive parent reading it, I got so much out of it, but we'll get to that. Susan, why did you write the book? I know, I know it came during, as your kids came out of their teen years, but tell us about what led you to really decide to write it. Well, I, I remember being in a group with other adoptive moms and we were studying the primal wound by Nancy Verrier. Mm -hmm. And I was just startled by a bunch of things. And one of them was, is that our kids our, our kids who have adoption in their story or foster care really don't connect the dots about what's going on inside them. They don't have that, like they're not reading the primal wound. They're not reading the body right. keeps score. They're not reading all this stuff. We are, and then we have all this knowledge and then how are they supposed to get this knowledge and why would they want it? Well, I, I, I thought, well, I, my daughter was saying, mom, I don't have anybody that I can talk to who is adopted. And, you know, she would come up with things like that. And, and, and when I'd say, well, there's a couple of kids at school, don't you, you know, maybe you could talk to them. And she's like, that's so weird. Why would we, <laughs> why would, we don't want to stand out. We don't want to be, you know, like different. We just, you know, like that, that's too weird. And, and, 
I understand that because while they have that common bond, there's still, you know, it's not like they're close friends or whatever. And so she just longed for some resource to be able to uh, hear what other teens are thinking and feeling and going through and how's it going for them? Do they have any advice to give? Because she was processing and she mm -hmm. felt alone. And I know that Nikolai was processing and he was super angry. He was one of those angry processors. And I felt like, you know, between that first meeting, you know, that meeting with the moms and the primal wound, and then my kids, I kind of thought, who, who's going to help us here? And I thought, I think teens need each other. I think people who have been adopted, who or I should say who are adopted, or have gone through the foster system, they need each other. They need to talk, whether it's sharing on Facebook groups or like in my book, there's got a way to, there's got to be a way to share information. And mm -hmm. it's not uh, information that is um, uh, fabricated. It's like in my book, I sat down at Panera. I've been in Starbucks. I've been around coffee tables. I was in houses. I was on front porches, um, Facebook, you name it, um, Zoom, whatever, all around the country, gathering this collection of stories from people who were authentic voices, who really just wanted to say, I want to pour in to people who've gone through what I've gone through. And maybe if they can connect with me, they won't feel so alone. And maybe I can give them some advice. Maybe they'll um, make a different decision because I did. This is what I like about this book is it's kind of like, and maybe you'll agree or disagree. I think it's like chicken soup for the soul. Mm -hmm. You know, that book series where yep. they, you know, you can get them for teens, you can get them for everybody. This is the book that chicken soup group didn't do um, because it's casual light reading and it's a journalistic style where I ask a question and they, you know, whether it's a, a, a young man out of Colorado or a young woman out of Michigan, they're telling me what they experienced and how it affected them. And I think that's so valuable for, like you said, for, you know, teens and young adults, but also for us as parents. So yeah, that's what I found. And I loved, I loved how each chapter w was, I don't know, four or five pages long roughly yeah. but it was each chapter is an, in, an individual an adoptee's story and you yeah. start with sitting down with them and you I did feel like I was sitting at the Panera or Starbucks <laughs> with you as you were sitting there talking with them and they would share th their story like you, you know we understood their story of whether they were adopted internationally or domestically or whatever and then they would just from the heart share what what their thoughts and feelings and challenges were um, and then you wrapped up each each chapter with a paragraph, kind of like advice or encouragement for the adoptee based on the story that was told about the adoptee that that chapter was about. So I loved it because to me as an adoptive mom, it was insight into what our teens and young adult adoptees are thinking yeah. and what the things that they struggle with that we wouldn't even maybe think that they struggle right. with. There were some commonalities and we'll get to that, but but um, I just, it was a glimpse into that, which I felt so helpful um, mm -hmm. that I can keep in mind when, 
when, you know, parenting or working with them, like my, my, I have two, I have an 18 and 20 year old home and then everybody else is in their older twenties. And, um, but still, you know, my one daughter who's 24, she just came to me recently and said, I've been journaling and, and, um, you know, so she's wanting to process. And I said, I have a book for you. You can't have it yet. Cause I'm interviewing the author. And as soon as I'm done with the podcast, you can have the book. And so I'm going to give it to her on, on, on Saturday when I see her, but um, I feel like this is a perfect tool for that. Um, no matter how old our adoptees are, because they can definitely resonate. So um, how many, how many adoptees did you interview Susan for the book? Yeah, I interviewed approximately 40 and 34 made the book. Um, not because they didn't, I mean, I, I should back up, you know, it was up to them. If when right. we went through the process, um, you know, honoring their story, honoring their, um, whether they wanted to be anonymous or not. And the majority of them have chosen to use their real names. Um, we actually have pictures of them on my website, but there were some oh. people, yeah, there were some people that, um, you know, we got through the process a little bit and they were like, I, I, I need to step back. And they weren't ready. And I think that's a beautiful message is that there are times when, um, you know, our kids aren't ready and we can't pressure mm -hmm. that, you know, and being adopted or having foster care in your background is not a 24 seven thought process that they go through every single day. It comes in waves and it's not like something that it's, it's, they're dwelling on constantly. So, um, but when we did, actually sit down and meet some of them said huh I guess I'm not ready and those were the ones who stepped away and that was that was perfectly fine we, I knew that going in to it yeah. yeah yeah so incredible I know one of the one of the stories that's that stood out to me because it was my kids are adopted from Ukraine yours are, are, are adopted from Russia but this story was about a, a young woman who was adopted from China and she had been told um that you know with the one child policy in China, since she was a girl, that was probably why she had been adopted. And, um, you know, because her, her parents couldn't keep her, she was a girl. And um, so she, she kind of embraced that as, you know, and I could see a kid doing this, like, so that's the case with all baby girls in China, right? Then she yeah. grows up and goes to college yeah. and she's at a university where she's meeting um, students who've come from China, not adoptees, but students who've come from China to go to college and they're girls who yeah. came from their biological family in China to come to college and in, in, into the United States. And she was like, wait, why aren't you adopted then? Because they can't keep girls. So yeah. she had this like, you know, revelation epiphany. of, well, wait, <laughs> yeah, epiphany, perfect word. And then, you know, really in the end realize that it's really that one, po one child policy affects the very poor. So probably she came from a very poor family and they couldn't keep a girl, whereas more wealthier families can. So like that was something I would have never thought of. I don't have children no. adopted from China. It wasn't, you know, but it was so like, wow, those kinds of there's just so many different things that will affect, you know, how an adoptee will feel or how they'll process their story. Um, so that was one of the things that surprised me. What surprised you as you went through this process and you interviewed 40 adoptees? What surprised you that you learned? Oh my goodness, there were so many things. I would say one thing is is how they're how so many of them leaned into their faith. Like if yes. they were having like this, yeah, you probably noticed that too. And that came up organically. 
And I was thinking, wow, okay, so if you're having this, uh, you know, feelings of lack of self-worth, and you're scrambling for your Bible, and you're rereading some of the scriptures that you've been raised with, reminding you that you are worthy, you are a child of God. Like, it was really amazing to me to see so many reach for their faith, reach for their, um, the truth. Because I think in their own uh, processing, some of the truth gets uh, distorted or blown up a little bit more and, and takes them down. And so to, to revisit the truth of who they are in God's eyes was like huge. It always anchored them. It it brought them back to reality when they were feeling really, you know, really upset. I remember one girl, she would come home from school, you know, she's a cheerleader and everybody loved her and mom and dad was great. All this stuff. Nobody knew anything was going on. And she would go into the bathroom and go into the shower and cry her eyes out. You know, it wasn't every day, Mm. but on the days that the waves hit her, she would be in there crying her eyes out because she couldn't Mm. figure things out. And I think that's another surprising thing too, is our kids are grieving. Not, I'm just going to back up a second. It's not all of them, you know, there's a large quantity of teens and young adults with adoption in their story, foster care that aren't struggling. So we have that group that are in the book as well. There's a whole section on the ones that just are searching, want to know birth family, or there's a whole section on that. Um, but now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But not all of them are struggling. Not all of our kids yeah. are struggling, but they're yeah, but always those, thinking but about those it. Who, yeah, but those who um, are processing, struggling, trying to make sense of things, wondering, um, those are the ones who are, um, you know, doing this alone and yeah. without us. Does that make sense? It's like, it's as if this is all going on right under our eyes. And that was surprising to me. And then I realized, you know, I, I think I brought it a lot. Yeah, I grabbed this. So this is this is how you validate this kind of thing. Is like this this envelope was um, given to me by my daughter while I was writing this book. She decided she was 19, and she said, "Mom, I need to give you something that I've had hidden in the drawer since she was 14 years old." And I'm like, okay, so where's it from? And I'm reading this and I'm reading the date. Her name's on the date. And she says, oh, we did this at church camp. And in Michigan, we have snow camp. <laughs> so she went to snow camp and she said, we did this. And it was some exercise where they wanted to kind of like talk about how do you feel about yourself or what, you know, whatever. And this is what she gave me. It was this little card and it's crudely cut piece of cardboard and it says I don't know if you can read it because it's probably backwards but it says not good enough Mm. and this is from my very um outgoing beautiful young lady um scholarship to university basketball playing softball playing girl um at 14 carries the not good enough burden until she's 19 and realizes it's okay to tell mom that Mm. she struggles. And I think that's a huge, I think that goes down a lot. I think, um, 
based on the stories that I gathered, I, I think our kids are processing and um, we're not so aware as parents. And, and, and what if we can be? What if we can be curious and, and gentle and and do it sparingly, you know, um, and sensitively and try to get on the same page with them because just them knowing that we know is mm -hmm. a great love message, I think. It's a way of saying, I know that this could be a possibility. And if it is, I'm here for you. It's opening the door to conversation and you're not going to surprise me. Nothing you say is too big for me you know, we create another connection point in our relationship that is, I think, healing and good. Um, those, you know, that's, that's just a whole nother reason that, you know, this is such a, a surprising amount of um, content, I think, from these people is that it's, you know, all along while I was writing, it was like, you said, you asked me what surprised me. I think I was constantly surprised. You know, I'm an adoptive <laughs> mom. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I wonder if my kids went through this, you know, or are yeah. going through that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that was that was an eye opener to me too. Um, and at, you adopt you adopted, you interviewed adoptees who were internationally adopted, domestically adopted. Um, and as I was reading through, I noticed some commonalities. Like I started making a list of topics that seemed to repeat like themes. So a yeah. lot of them struggled with anxiety, struggled with identity, struggled with um, self-worth, feeling shame. It, that was, those were common words in many of the stories. Um, did that surprise you? You know, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they're definitely like um, sections of the book, the way the book was um, formatted, I guess you would say we did um, put together certain themes. So you'll have like a chapter on searching. So many, many kids want to search. And so we have good search stories. And then we have search stories that are a little bit not so good. And so it gives you a fair, um, you know, picture of what could happen during yeah. search. And I think that's really valuable for not only for the teenagers who are thinking about this, but also for parents. There's a whole section on just learning to trust again. Like for some reason, there's this trust component and, and we know the reason, but they don't. And, and they struggle with trusting us. Um, there's a whole section on wrestling with tough things. Like, why am I so angry? Or why do I feel like I don't belong? Um, there's a section on acceptance, just I'm learning how to accept what happened to me. And so I think all those sections show us that there's such a range of mm -hmm. responses. It's not just one response. There's all kinds of responses. There's there's a, a bunch of kids talked about grieving um, and mm -hmm. they didn't expect it. Like, oh, I found out my birth father um, passed away when we did our search, had, had died. And all of a sudden that triggered a, a grieving response. Like, in my heart, I thought I might meet them someday. And now I never will meet this, this father. Um, and they talk about that, which I think is so valuable because mm -hmm. in that particular story, she talks about how she did something super tangible. She wrote an epitaph. So she put her birth father's name on the epitaph and, you know, like a I think it's an epitaph. Is that the right word? Where you put the name and the and, and the date of 
birth and death. And then, um, you know, and she, she wrote down that this is from your loving daughter. Where does that come from? Right. That's so deep. It's so deep. And, but so good because it's a tangible healing tool. Um, right. and which, you know, there's other ones in here as well. So, and I love how some of these, um, storytellers talk about how friends came around them, like actually like friends who got it, figured it out and they were able to confide in a friend, you know, and, and just, you know, constantly these storytellers are saying, we've got to figure out how to open up. We got to figure out how to, to trust people around us, to open up, to help them to, to, to receive what we have and work through it. Because as people with that background, they have to process, there's work to do. There's work to do in healing. And this book is what hopefully will help encourage that openness and that healing and that work that will just, um, I think, make a difference in how our kids accept what happened to them. So, and and so many of them seem to be afraid to share what they were feeling with their adoptive parents because they felt like their adoptive parent would maybe be mad or feel rejected or not understand or. You know, so there there was a common element. And so me as an adoptive mom, I'm reading it and thinking how important it is for us to have open lines of communication so that they can know, our kids can know, it's okay if you're thinking about your birth mom or your birth dad. It's okay if you want to search. It's okay. I'm here to support you on that journey. Um, Yeah, yeah, that was definitely one. Another, Another thing that stood out to me, which I love, of course, because of the fetal alcohol spectrum disorder you know, where I, the space that I spend a lot of time in, um, there were a couple of stories where, where it was the, the, the adoptee identified that they had FASD. So I appreciate, um, those stories being woven in there. Was there anything, um, did that surprise you or how many, you know, how many of those adoptees do you think were impacted by FASD? Boy, it's hard for me to tell, but those who did tell me I thought look at you look at how brave you are and I was so proud of them and I remember in one of the stories we were were sitting at a Mexican restaurant and and the young lady that I was interviewing brought her sister along who's just a couple years difference in age um yeah both from the same you know birth fam birth mom and um you know really tragic story but these girls were yucking it up and having the best time ever. Um, but also being really um, aware of their uh, FASD traits and things that they do. And, but that's what was so good is that they were so aware, like somebody mm-hmm. taught them, nobody was keeping it a secret. Like, you know, and when she's what's wrong with you, why do you fidget? Why do you have to have these, you know, she talks about her wristbands and all the fidgeting tools she has that she has necklaces and she is able to use those for sensory, uh, you know, release and uh, different things that she does. And she can associate it right back to FASD. And I think that's so, um, I don't know, it was so refreshing to hear her be like, okay, I have this. And, but I'm also me. And I'm also love doing this and that and the other thing and my life is what God has for me 
and I'm going to make the most out of it. So, yeah. 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 They were, they were great stories and I appreciate those being in there, those two. So uh, we could talk all day long. I, I know we could, but you, you have a website cause you said there's pictures of some of the adoptees up on your website. Yeah. So tell us your website and how our listeners can get a copy of your book. Okay. So if you go to susantboss.com, really easy, just my name, first and last name, um, you, there you can take a look at uh, not only pictures of the storytellers, but also just an overview. Um, also, the, my publisher has, uh, I think they put in there like 35 pages that you can read ahead of getting the book to see if you like the vibe, the feel, the sense of it. So I love that. Um, there's some free downloads there. So if you do decide to get this book, say you want to do it as a, you know, a group, um, like a group discussion at your church, or like even just start out with moms and, and dads and kind of go through this and then maybe even um, consider it for a group of teenagers or young adults who want to get together. Um there's free downloads for discussion guides that can help you kick off those conversations. So one for parents, you know, a parent group, one for a teen group. Um, so I think that's really valuable because, you know, where do you begin? <laughs> so we gave yeah. them a, a starting point. Like, here's the questions that you can ask to, to kind of like, they're, they're like icebreakers, ways to get conversation going. So, yeah. So that, that is great. So susantboss.com, we'll put a link right. in the show notes so our listeners yeah. can very easily go there. So that's super important. And they can get the book there, um, can, anywhere else? There's all the links, you know, Amazon, what is it, uh, Barnes & Noble, any of those stores. All things, yeah. And all the things. And then um, also your library. I mean, just go to the library and have them order it for you for free. And that's a great way to get a hold of it. And then if you decide you love it and you want one, you can say, great, I'm going to buy one because I don't know about you, but I always mark up all my, my books yeah. with all kinds of things. And one yes, of the my, things the that, inside cover of mine has all kinds of notes. <laughs> but yeah. um, One thing we also recommend is, um, you know, if you're reading this as a parent and, and there's a story in there that strikes you that your child may resonate with that you just, read with post-it notes next to you and maybe just put a little post-it note in that story and then circle back around and go, Hey, you know, I've, I've been reading this book. Here's this, there's a story in here. It kind of reminds me of something that might click with you. And that way they don't feel so intimidated to um, have to read the entire book. Maybe you can start off with a story, reading the story with them or having mm -hmm. them read the story and just kind of, you know, um, roll from there. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. The book is We've Been There, True Stories, Surprising Insights, and Aha Moments for Adopted Teens. I highly recommend it. Um, as we wrap up, Susan, a majority of our listeners are adopted moms like us, adoptive, foster, kinship, caregivers. So would you share some words of encouragement um, for our fellow parents who are on this adoptive parenting journey that we, we both know can be really hard at times. Mm -hmm. You know, because we just came out of that teenager season, um, I would say that grace is going to be a huge tool in your toolkit um, because they are 
growing and learning and making huge mistakes. And we've just been through this season and we have, um, you know, been overwhelmed by it. Um, there's times when you're just uh, so confused by all their behaviors. But if you stay the course and are consistent and grace guides you, meaning, you know, the next day is new, you know, you continue to make um, your relationship valuable um, in the home. They're valuable. Um, what they do is what they do, but who they are is a whole different thing. And so that we treat them that way, that at least for us, we're making, we've made our way out of that season and we're, we're seeing not only did we stayed the course, they, we also, um, you know, have given them time to mature, you know, maturity and time is a, is, is a big help and just processing being available to them, um, so that they know that they're not alone in this. So those are my encouragements for the teen years. Um, and it's okay, parents, you've got this. You can do it. If yes, I can, we can do it. We can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing right. It. So we're, doing it. we're all doing at different. Stuff. Yeah. We're all at different stages and ages with our kids and, and, and different things going on. But, um, God is faithful and, and grace I find is a big part of it because we're not mm -hmm. always as parents going to get it right every time. And I love what you said, what they do is not who they are. Right. right? And especially our kids that have, if they were prenatally exposed and even our kids who come with trauma, which impacts brain yeah. development, which then will impact behavior. There's things that they're doing that isn't really who they are, right? We need to, we need to, I always find myself praying, Lord, help me to love this child and see this child as you do. Um, right. Because sometimes it's those big behaviors that get in the way and and, and we get stuck on those as parents because we have to deal with that, but it's hard. But we have to keep in mind that, you know, they're really made in the image of God and and they need yeah. some help and, and um, super important, super great stuff, Susan. I'm just so grateful yeah. for this resource to the adoption community and for all that you're doing and for, and for being on the show today. Thank you so I'm much. So thankful. It's been great to be with you and to, we'll have to get together next time yes. we're at CAFO or wherever we are. We keep saying CAFO yeah. Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit. So definitely hope y'all who are listening can come to that next year. And yeah. Yeah. 2024, we will be in Nashville, Tennessee. So yeah, so much learning. I'll be there. Yes. Incredible learning connections. I'll be there. Susan will be there. So many other people will be there that you're going to want to connect with. So, so great commercial for KFO. And uh, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> thanks so much, Susan. It's great to yeah. have you on. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Wow. What a great conversation with Susan T-Boss. We will make sure that we put a link to her website in the show notes. Wonderful book. Um, just great insight into what adoptees uh, often think, the things that they struggle with. I would highly recommend um, that you check it out. Um, we want to encourage you and equip you for your journey. So that includes these wonderful conversations that we have on the podcast, but also our training, our FASD support group and parent coaching. So I hope you'll go to our website and check out our resources there, justicefororphansny.org. Uh, don't forget to 
to like or to follow, subscribe to this podcast, whether you're watching the video or whether you're listening um, to just the audio. Uh, when you do that, it helps other um, families in, on the adoption and foster care journey to find these resources. Um, and of course, uh, you can also follow us on social media at Justice for Orphans, and you can find me on the platforms as well at Sandra Flack. Um, so thank you again. I'm just grateful to be along with you on your parenting journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.